welcome to Hot Oven Time Machine, the podcast where we deep dive into the history of baking. Right? Good? Yeah, that's good. Okay, straight on. <laughs> I'm, I'm Monty, a master baker in training. And I'm Joseph, a master amateur baker. I had blanked there for a second. I forgot what my title was. Well, you made me think I, I screwed up my title. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no you, you did good. I was on that space there for a moment. I, Welcome to I, another uh, episode. Yeah. Um, so after last episode, uh, <laughs> it was a lot of chaos. It was a lot of failure. I've handed the cooking reins back over to the proper authorities. Uh, Monty is, is now back in charge of, of the baking. Look at me. Look at me. I'm the captain now. I seed you. That You don't have to take it to me. I give it to you. <laughs> Please have it. Please take it. <laughs> Putting my crown back on. Look, I'm good at baking. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at decorating. No, not at all. And I feel like the decorating is where everything went very much downhill, very fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. That was last episode. Mm-hmm. We're here in today's episode. Yes. How are you? Can I be honest? Be honest. I'm hungover. Uh-oh. How'd you do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to ask. I had uh, several shots, and then I went to hang out with uh, co-workers. I didn't drive drunk, and then I had a shot there. So, yeah, that's a lot of shots in a day. Quite a few. I'm I'm starting to feel it now. <laughs> like, I'm sweating. <laughs> Getting a little perspirated. You, you woke up this morning and you're like, eh, I, just, uh, I feel kind of blood, but now you're like, I'm hungover. I know. When you woke me up this morning, though. <laughs> you did not look pleased. <laughs> I couldn't keep my eyes open. You, like, you speaking was just like, blah, 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 blah. and I was like, huh? <laughs> like, it was like listening to The Sims speak. Was, blah, yeah. Blah, blah. Yeah, it was yeah, it was bad. But like I woke up, I was fine. How are you though? I'm fantastic. I went to bed on time. <laughs> I got a full night's rest. I've been drinking water all day. I'm living that perfect life, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm you're only 22 once, I guess, so you got to <laughs> <laughs> live it up. I mean, no, to be fair, uh when I was 21, 22, I was partied hard sometimes. Yeah. I know you wanted to go hang out with old coworkers. I did, but it was past my bedtime. I know. like I'm an I, old man now. I'm I very set in my ways. I didn't get the address until like, what, like 10 p.m., and then I got lost. I didn't get there until 11 p.m. <laughs> I felt so bad. Next time, coworkers. Next time. Yeah, we promise. I'm an adult that needs multi-day advance of hangs. I'm very set in my ways. <laughs> I don't like to drop everything and just go hang. I mean, it's have to a, know what's gonna happen. It's okay. Our manager's like only like a couple years older than you. I think she she left vaguely early. She's an adult too, you know. So yeah, we've got responsibilities. Yeah. But anyway, enough jibber jabbering. <laughs> Let's go back in time. Beep beep boop 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 beep beep beep. beep. Today we have. We're gonna be talking about. Well, why don't, why don't you tell us what, what you've baked for us today? Just, just let us know. Fill us in. Today, I have made a chocolate chocolate 
cobbler. Ooh, yummy, yummy, yummy. I'm staring at it on the plates right now, and I just cannot wait. I know. It's so good. She juicy. Oh, yeah. Moist. <laughs> Moist. Moist. <laughs> I refuse to go any lower. I don't want to hurt myself. My my voice is already shot today. But but talking about uh, chocolate cobbler, we, we're going to use this as a jumping off point to talk about chocolate as a whole as we've been promising for f- ever since the saint patrick's day episode yeah that was when we first the dabbled best, in chocolate the best thing ever made i i agree Des- chocolate is just it's edible gold yeah despite not having a huge sweet tooth it's like my favorite thing to eat chocolate is my downfall yeah. you offer me anything <laughs> chocolate i will crumble <laughs> so let's learn about history of chocolate i'm excited just just a quick just so we know what we're talking about definitionally chocolate is a preparation of roasted and ground cacao seeds that is made in the form of a liquid paste or in a block Mm -hmm. we'll talk a little bit more about the process and different types towards the end of this but first let's hop in our hot oven time machine turn the temperature down a little bit because it's really hot in here Mm -hmm. and we're going to travel back in time to thousands of years in the past. So, how far are we going back? One, uh, actually, what is that? 4,000 years in the past. I gotta set the time. <laughs> beep, 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 boop. Do you like my noises? I don't know. Is it too cheesy? I think they work. <laughs> <laughs> Ding. All right, we're there. <laughs> <laughs> this may blow your mind. For most of its history, chocolate has been prepared as a drink. No way. Yes way. No. Uh-huh. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the oldest known discovery of chocolate was found at an archaeological site on the Pacific coast of Chiapas, Mexico, dating to 1,900 before the Common Era. So literally 4,000 years ago. Dang. Well, g- give or take a couple centuries. Yeah. But, you know pretty dang old yeah other archaeological artifacts show that the maya were consuming chocolate by four the year 400 of the common era Uh, it was so common by that time that the mayans grew uh, cocoa trees in their backyards just just everybody was growing them it was wild for it just like regular house plant just cacao instead of like an apple tree or tomatoes or whatever yeah cacao trees uh, we we move from the the Mayan people from the 400s to uh, the 15th century of the Common Era when the Aztecs incorporated chocolate into their culture when they gained control of Mesoamerica. Mm. They associated chocolate with Quetzalcoatl. Quetzalcoatl. I'd have to see how it's spelled. According to legend, Quetzalcoatl was cast out by other gods for sharing chocolate with humans. Like, is that, okay, okay, I'm sorry. Is that a person? It's a god figure. You've never heard okay. of Quetzalcoatl? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid he's, this is my first time. He's the Aztec god of, like, life and wisdom. Oh. Yeah. Okay, sweet, sweet. Uh, he was also into uh, blood sacrifice and human sacrifice. Oh yeah, boy! And, uh, so... To, to tie into that, uh, unlike the Mayans who drank their chocolate warm, the Aztecs drank it cold 
Those uh, monsters. While also spicing it up with chili pepper, allspice, vanilla, and honey. Okay, you know what? I take it back. <laughs> I was like, they're doing blood sacrifices, chilling their chocolate, those monsters. But you know what? I'm down with it. Uh, other than the chili pepper, which might be a bit much for me, uh, allspice, vanilla, and honey with a cold chocolate drink does sound pretty nice. You've never had like a spiced chocolate? Uh, I have. I'm not hugely into spiced chocolate drinks. I'm not a. Oh. I'm a white boy. I don't like spicy things. I love spicy <laughs> things. I, I like a little bit of heat, but I can't handle. I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before. I was working uh, at a restaurant in college. I was a dishwasher, and uh, one night the kitchen staff thought it'd be really fun to cook everyone up some wings, just to, just as a celebratory. Mm-hmm. Like, thanks for working so hard this week, guys. And, uh, you know, I asked them before I dug in, I was like, hey, are these hot wings or are these kind of like on the mild side? And everyone's like, I don't know, these are on the mild side. They're, they're, they're barely spicy at all. So I started digging into them and I just break out into a sweat. <laughs> My face turns red. They're all just like, Joseph, are you okay? And I was like, it's a little hot. <laughs> They're like, it's mild, my guy. And I was like, it's too hot for me. <laughs> <laughs> I I I enjoy spicy things. Uh, my body doesn't particularly, <laughs> but I very much enjoy. But them. like allspice, cinnamon, those kind of you know quote spices, I can handle. It's anything that starts getting too hot. It, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're a pumpkin spice latte. Bitch, we yeah, know I am. This. I'm I'm a PSL basic girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spices. Yeah. Coming back from our tangent, mm-hmm. swim back to the main channel of our history here. Mm-hmm. So, so I mentioned this a second ago. Uh, the Aztecs associated uh, cocoa with human sacrifice, specifically equating their chocolate drink to human blood. Oh. The Spanish royal chronicler Gonzalo Fernandez de Ovedo y Valdez described a chocolate drink he had seen in Nicaragua in 1528 mixed with achiote, which is a shrub that produces red seeds. Mm-hmm. Quote, because these people are fond of drinking human blood, to make this beverage seem like blood, they add a little bit of achiote so that it turns red, and part of that foam is left on the lips and around the mouth, and when it is red for having achiote, it seems a horrific thing because it seems like blood itself. End quote. Were the Aztecs okay, like, mentally? (laughs) (laughs) What is going on? Uh, They kind of seem like the the real-life versions of Klingon warriors. Like, just very into being over-the-top and dramatic when it comes to war. I mean, I enjoy the dramatics, you know? (laughs) I love a bit of drama, but... What? They, they, they took their they took their human sacrifice cosplaying to a whole new level. They yeah. they were not messing around. No, <laughs> my God. I mean, okay, if it stains the lips, you know, you know, that's just like a great way of like lipstick cheat code, right? <laughs> it is one way to do it. I guess that could work. This also begs the question: Were they really into human sacrifice, or were they just pretending to like scare? You know. I think the answer yeah. to that question is they actually were into human sacrifice. It's been they pretty well were. documented. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they were just trying to like 
up the ante, like make people think it was like more extreme. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they were into it, but they were like really trying to yeah go to the extremes of portraying it. Mm-hmm. I could see that. While Christopher Columbus brought cocoa seeds back to Spain in 1502, chocolate did not become popular until Spanish friars introduced it to the royal court several years later. After the Spanish conquest of the Aztecs, Spain began importing chocolate to Europe. By 1602, chocolate had made its way to Austria. Now before we get into how Europe transformed chocolate into closer to the form of what we know it today... Mm-hmm. It is important to note that this product was obtained by Europeans through brutal colonization and maintained by slave trade and labor. The process of fermenting and processing cocoa was very manual by nature. Cocoa plantations spread through Mesoamerica as the English, Dutch, and French planted their flags in the, quote, New World. These plantations were often worked by poor wage workers and African slaves. I just thought it important to remind ourselves of this... As certain state legislatures try to further whitewash history through legislation in their classrooms, uh, white people haven't always been in the good. No. Chocolate is delicious, but they did some pretty terrible <clears throat> transforming it from its previous incarnation into what it is today, and it's just important to remember that. Yeah, unfortunately, they didn't want to get their hands dirty. Yeah, they, they wanted that sweet, sweet chocolate, but they didn't want to, like, you know, make it themselves. And so they made... Yeah, unfortunately. They forced others to do it, which also happened in a lot of other goods and services in that time. Just just an, an important thing to remember. Yeah, while a lot of good things come from it, uh, there is obviously an exploitation towards uh, people of color, and we always need to remember that and not let things get whitewashed. Correctamundo. I mean, not to virtue signal or anything, but I just think it's important to keep that in mind. Yes, it is important to keep in mind. Don't be a white savior. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, speak out. Yeah. Just, just, just be conscious of, of history. Yeah. And other events of that nature. Yeah. Moving on from that rather dark and sad note. It's an important note. It's history. Yeah. There's the good and the bad. There's always bad in history. <laughs> New processes in the Industrial Revolution sped up the production of chocolate, which helped reduce the amount of that forced labor. Yeah. Also, you know, countries realizing that they shouldn't literally enslave people, that also kind of helped. Yeah. But then we moved on to child labor. Woo! I mean, they paid them pennies. (laughs) They're children, Joseph. (laughs) (laughs) Think of the economy. (laughs) God. <laughs> Thanks, Marge. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> One such advancement was made in 1815 by Dutch chemist Cohenrad van Houten when he added alkaline salts to the liquid chocolate mixture to make it less bitter. Thanks. Science, man. Science. Doing these deep dives, it's really kind of crazy how a lot of uh, baking in particular like has been advanced by scientific theory (laughs) yeah like you're like ooh, food but then it's also very scientific oh yeah as we learned in a previous episode we also learned about how he created the dutch method of cocoa which removes half of the natural cocoa butter from the chocolate liqueur making it cheaper to produce and more consistent in quality nice 
Going back to our previous episode where we dabbled in some chocolate, we'll also remember that Joseph Fry invented a way to make chocolate moldable, and that milk chocolate was created by Daniel Peter. What we didn't mention previously was that Peter used a powdered milk developed by Henry Nestle. That's familiar. The texture of chocolate was further improved by Rudolf Lint with the creation of his conching machine. Any of those names ringing any bells? Nestle did. What was the last one? Lint. Lint. Okay. Yeah. There's like, just there's too many consonants at the end of that name. Like, like pick Lint one. Chocolate. Yeah, pick one, my guy. Lindita. Yeah, Lindita. Just make it L I N T if it's Lint. Come on, man. Well, was he European? Somewhere? Yes. Just <laughs> <laughs> be a little more specific. Well, you know. <laughs> uh, should I take a gander? What is he Austrian? Yeah, he's probably Austrian. Yeah. I didn't have that exact information, but it sounds Austrian. Uh, Here's another name that may uh, ring a bell. Milton S. Hershey began making a name for himself after he purchased chocolate processing equipment from the World's Columbian Exposition in Chicago in 1839. Soon after, he began selling Hershey's famous... Chocolate. What kind of chocolate? Oh, milk chocolate. Right? It may have been milk chocolate, but surprisingly, he started with chocolate-coated caramels. Oh. Which I would not have assumed, seeing as their main push is just, you know... Chocolate bars. Milk chocolate bars. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah. And for once, we're not going to focus too much on America, because uh, chocolate had pretty much been, for the most part, developed before it came back to modern America from yeah. Europe. So, for once, America didn't really have much to contribute to chocolate. I mean, do they really need to contribute to anything? Uh, I'll I'll leave that for others to decide. (laughs) (laughs) So now that we're uh, back to the present day. Beep, beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop. (laughs) Ding. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about the uh, production and processing of uh, modern day chocolate. I have a question. Yeah. Did you go with us when we went to the Hershey factory thing? I did not. I don't think so. Is that in Pennsylvania? Yes. Oh, yeah. Duh, that's in Pennsylvania. What a stupid question. Hershey, Pennsylvania. No. Yeah, I didn't go with y'all on that one. Remember, you guys went on a trip a few years ago. It was you, Christian, and mom and dad and Tyler. Like up to New York. Is that that when you went? No, we didn't do that then. And Tyler didn't go. Oh. When now did you I'm go? now I'm doubting that we ever went. I think we considered <laughs> going, but we did go to like the Coke factory or whatever. That's not in Atlanta. Yeah. No, I know that. <laughs> What's well, one of those big corporations, you know? <laughs> I'm starting to doubt that we ever went to the what is it, Hershey Factory, I guess. I have no idea. I think I would have remembered even if I didn't go, y'all talking about it, so I don't think y'all did. Hmm. I think I wanted to go, but Dad was like, no. Ah, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. We'll go there ourselves one day. Yeah. I want to go to a lot of food factories. Let's go. That'd be dope. Okay, continue. The production and processing of chocolate. The seeds of the cacao tree have an intense bitter flavor and must be fermented to achieve the flavors we associate with processed chocolate. Did you know that chocolate was fermented? 
I didn't know it was fermented. After fermentation, the beans are dried, cleaned, and roasted, much like coffee beans. Yeah. Uh, The shell is then removed, and the cocoa nibs are liquefied by heating to create chocolate liquor. The liquor is then processed and separated into cocoa solids and cocoa butter. Through various combinations of cocoa solids and butter, as well as sugar and milk, we get our three main types of processed chocolate. Do you want to take a stab at this? Okay. Milk. Yep. Semi-sweet. It doesn't count. Dark. There you go. Extra dark. No. (laughs) (laughs) Au natural. Opposite direction of dark. Like in the middle? Uh, Even. Even sweeter? Well, not necessarily sweeter, but less chocolatey looking. Like powder? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) White chocolate. (laughs) Oh, okay, 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 okay. See, I okay. I should. And there are there are many more subdivisions than that. Yeah, you can go really deep into it. But those are sort of the three main sort of tent pole varieties. Yeah. So essentially, dark chocolate uh, is you you can sweeten it to a degree, but there's no milk uh, in it. Mm -hmm. Milk chocolate is obviously chocolate and milk, and then white chocolate doesn't necessarily have to have more milk. It's uh, more of the uh, cocoa butter. Okay. Than uh, cocoa solids. Yeah. So it's, you still get a little bit of the chocolatiness, but it's not necessarily... Uh, that's why uh, white chocolate usually isn't, isn't as intense as other chocolates. Yeah, I always find that white chocolate, I'm just like, is it chocolate? But... It is technically chocolate. It's made from the fats yeah. separated from the main product. Yeah, you just don't get the intense chocolate flavor. Yeah, it's very subtle. You just kind of get the creaminess. Yeah. Even though, uh, coffee, uh, not coffee. Ha ha. Ha Even though chocolate originated in the Americas, two thirds of the world's current cocoa production takes place in West Africa. There is only a narrow band of environments that are suitable for growing the cacao tree, and much of the Ivory Coast meets those requirements. Needing roughly six and a half feet of rainfall per year, in temperatures ranging from 70 to 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Six and a half feet of average rainfall per year is a lot. Uh, yeah. Tennessee is usually like in, in inches. And in like probably like one to two feet, if that. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot of rain. Uh, cacao trees cannot tolerate temperatures below 59 degrees. Yeah, I figured it had to be pretty warm. And then if it gets too hot, they also don't do too well. Mm-hmm. As global warming continues to heat our atmosphere, the usable land for growing uh, cocoa shrinks. So if you won't help fight climate change for the good of the planet, please help for the good of chocolate. Yes, please. Because you don't want chocolate to go away. That'd be a sad day. Yeah. I know climate change like would get rid of lots of food. I mean, yeah, it affects. It's multifaceted. Yeah. But since we're a baking podcast, then I will focus in on how it can affect baking and, and well since it's about chocolate today chocolate it could make chocolate go away so fight climate change yes i was about to say fight the climate but that's not necessarily <laughs> okay uh, wait, 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 Just go, hold po- go punch a lake hold up hold up i got an idea okay so get this all right what if we all took a punch in the air at the same time create enough wind yeah and then we'll <laughs> cool the planet and then we all I saw this on the internet, so don't think I came up with this. What if we all got in the water, in the water, and and then we punched it, so we're fighting the rising sea levels as well. 
Uh, That may work for a time, but eventually our arms are going to get tired (laughs) from constantly punching the water away from our coastlines. She said we had to constantly punch. What if we all took one punch? Well, because then the water's all going to come together in like the middle of the ocean and then like sort of come back with a vengeance. Tsunami. It'd be like a tsunami. So it'd wind up probably making it worse. Okay. If this was theoretically even possible to do. (laughs) Hypothetically. That's a that's a quick history of chocolate, and so now uh, if you drink chocolate milk or uh, hot chocolate, uh, you can tell people, "Hey, uh, this is the way it's been consumed for most of its history." So yeah, get off my back. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, I always find uh, the difference between American chocolate and uh, chocolate from Europe. I know one of the most popular European countries for chocolate, Austria. I think Germany's one of them. Um, there should be another one, but I don't know. Switzerland. Switzerland. That's it. That's it. Swiss chocolate. Yeah. I, I love the difference. Like ours is just so sweet and I hate milk chocolate. I'll admit. Yeah. Part of it, uh, too much sugar. Part of it could be quality of milk. Uh, like we touched on in the St. Patrick's Day episode, uh, Irish chocolate is noticeably better tasting than other, mm-hmm. some other chocolates because... The quality of the milk is just better. Yeah, unfortunately, we've gotten into this thing of having overly processed foods, and pretty much all of our foods are processed. As we both know this, have discussed this, and you've read in two entire books about it. I've started reading one. I s- slowly am getting through it. Um, They're very great books. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it would. this is a good episode to kind of like plug them. <laughs> if, if you've uh, never heard of Michael Pollan, uh, I, I highly endorse his books. Uh, some of them are more entertaining than others, but yeah. they're also informative, you know. Yeah, uh, that's what I like about them is that like he can be entertaining while also being informative about it. And that's what's gotten me farther in that book than I have with another one. <laughs> so uh, one of his books that I vastly enjoyed is The Omnivore's Dilemma. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that one's a very good read. And then I forget the name of the other one that you're reading. Uh, I would look at it, but it's not currently sitting on the shelf. Yeah, beside it's me. like the shorter, more condensed version of it, I think. Yeah, yeah. Focusing a little bit more on just the health benefits of eating less processed, more organic foods. Yeah, because, I mean, if you think about it, when you're looking at food in the store, it's all corn. Yeah, it's all corn or or soy, and it's been chemically processed into different versions of those two things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's all from those two items, which is, uh, you don't want to have a monoculture in in the food you're consuming. Not good. Yeah, no. That's, I always prefer to get my chocolate if it's, like, not made in America. (laughs) So, so slight tangent there, but... Uh, definitely check out Michael Pollan. Uh, I really enjoy his books. Very good read, and sometimes I have difficulty reading. We may discuss these topics further uh, in, in later episodes, maybe do a little bit more of a deep dive on them. Maybe not necessarily do a f- some, something specifically with a food, yeah. but I think they're important uh, topics to discuss. Yeah, we try to be goofy, but I think it is important to bring up a lot of these topics. Yeah. <laughs> Like, we want to have fun, but we also want you to learn something, because, uh, yeah. you know, we've learned things. Yeah, and I want to give good food. Yeah, not not just the sweetest in the world. You know? Yeah. We, we occasionally would like to give you some slightly healthy food 
to discuss and talk about. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll, we'll save a little bit more of that discussion for another time. Yeah. We'll definitely do an episode where we kind of focus in on that a little bit more and kind of dig into it. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. But uh, why, don't, why don't you tell us about our, uh, our chocolate cobbler here today? Yeah. Kind of give us a little bit of a look behind the scenes of how to make it and you know, what all is involved. Um, cobblers are kind of easy because basically you just kind of just throw a bunch of shit <laughs> in a bowl, mix it, and then bake it. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Sounds like I need to make more cobblers then. <laughs> yeah. I didn't particularly enjoy like peach cobblers growing up, but like I've made a couple recently in the past year. Amazing. No, I'm not a huge fan of peach, mm-hmm. but... That peach cobbler you made, I did enjoy it. Yeah. Mom and dad used to make these little cobbler cups, like blueberry cobbler cups. Mm-hmm. Those things were amazing. Yes. Um. Yeah, fruit cobbler cups, top notch. I texturally do not enjoy baked peaches, but I can eat like a peach cobbler. Gotcha. But with the chocolate cobbler, all you guys, chocolate, baby. Chocolate and flour. <laughs> yeah. It's basically, you just put all of the dry ingredients in a bowl. Like, even the sugar. Uh-huh. And you mix it. And then I added melted butter and milk. And that's it. And then I made, like, a topping. It was literally just sugar, brown sugar, cocoa, Ooh, that vanilla. Yeah, and then you, like... So you put the main mixture in the receptacle, I guess, that you would put it in. Uh-huh. Is that the baking, right word? Baking dish of yeah. your choice. If you want to sound pretentious, receptacle. <laughs> um, <laughs> it literally the only word that came to mind. And I was like, why this one? And then you like make the topping and then you put it on top and then you boil a cup of water and then you just pour that over it all. You don't mix it and then you just bake it like that. Huh. Interesting. And it's supposed to come out the consistency of pudding. I think I used a more narrow dish. Um, it was... It was in- a smaller circumference and kind of tall. Taller, yeah. The so dish... Probably should have done it in a shallow, wide dish. Yeah, like our glass yeah, dish. Yeah, eight by, eight by eight or nine, nine by, by nine. Nine by nine, yeah. But I was just like, um, I really like making cobblers and soufflés in, in this dish. And it's pretty, so I'm going <laughs> to use it. It's one of my favorite dishes. I, I think ours is a little undercooked. Like, it is supposed to have some liquidy bits, but, like, the center was, like, liquid, liquid. <laughs> mm. Unforged, but hey. It's still cooked on, like, the outside. And I think the outside of any baked good is the best. Just eat the outside. Yeah. <laughs> and now we know for next time, a uh, top tip to cook it in a wide, shallow dish so it cooks through more evenly and if not just cook it a little little longer (laughs) if it's getting too dark on the top just throw some tinfoil on it well all right we've been staring at this for the past half hour so i think we're gonna think we're taste test time yeah and this would be really good served warm with ice cream i you should do it hi i'm matt And I'm Phil. And together, we host the History's B-Side Podcast. You know, history is full of amazing stories and memorable people. But we don't care about them. Every week, we break down history's biggest stories and the forgotten people who made them happen. We're not historians. We're just two guys who enjoy a great story and plenty of laughs. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and more. 
or follow at History's B-Side on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. This is History's B-Side. There is a bit of cakiness. Yeah, it kind of looks uh, between sort of like a brownie and a cake. Mm-hmm. Kind of interesting. And then very kind of liquidy chocolate. Is, is that the unbaked part or is, is there kind of supposed to be a little liquidy chocolatey part? It is supposed to be like a little liquidy. It's supposed to be oh, okay. like the texture of pudding. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, cheers. Mm. What I like about that like pudding texture is it just tastes like cake batter and I love it. That's really good. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, it's kind of the best world of like having a brownie, but then also, because when I like a brownie, I like it to be fudgier, mm-hmm. but with this being a cobbler, it's okay for it to be sort of cakier. Yeah. And I, I kind of like that. In the past, I've made um a chocolate souffle in that dish in college though, so it was in a college kitchen, like dorm kitchen. I don't know if souffle- souffles are supposed to be slightly runny, but it was slightly runny. <laughs> I've made a vanilla souffle. Not my favorite. Can you taste that dark brown sugar? I can. It's uh, as you know, we're huge advocates of brown sugar. Yeah, if a recipe just says brown sugar, I'm always gonna go dark unless it specifies. Yeah, it really, it's it stands out in a very nice way. It's like it's not overpowering, but you notice it. Well, I'm not gonna eat this whole thing right now because mm-hmm. I have a slightly larger portion than Monty. Mm-hmm. It's fudgy. It's chewy. It's crunchy. It's. You're on a roll there. Give us your rating. What you got? Crumbly. I'm. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Wow. Hot dog. <laughs> Look, it's chocolate. It's like basically cake slash brownie. Right. It's fudgy. It's gooey. It's sticky. <laughs> <laughs> it's, got all, it's got all of your favorite versions of how you like your chocolate. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm just a big cobbler fan. <laughs> what about your rating? Mm, let's see. I think this is the rare time I may not agree with my my score lower than you oh my god i'm gonna give it an eight and a half out of ten okay i was expecting lower <laughs> no, no no i mean it's not bad uh to me i don't know if this is cobbler or the specific recipe uh kind of a little too cakey for my liking and don't get me wrong i like cake but uh just, i don't know something about in this instance it's just not quite working for me but I mean, it's it's, it's executed well, other than us slightly under baking it. But that was mm-hmm. just a that was an error in dish size. I mean, the flavor is great. It's very chocolatey. Love the brown sugar. It's very well balanced. Uh, just yeah, just too cakey for me. I think. So you don't like the cake part? Yeah, not a huge fan of the cake part. The the more sort of pudding texture part, I do like. I will admit the cake part has a little less flavor. Not even necessarily has less flavor. Just yeah, I don't know. Just something about the cakiness. Yeah. In this instance, I'm not a huge fan of. I feel like the. Don't be wrong. I'm gonna finish eating the whole rest oh, of what's yeah. on my plate when we're done recording. But yeah, I'm, I'm almost <laughs> done with mine. I'm still eating it. Um. You know, dollop some ice cream on it, and like oh. you know, you're set. Like it's a good dessert. <laughs> oh, you know what's great? You could make. We have our ice cream episode. You can make a vanilla bean ice cream. Oh, there you go. All right, now we're talking. You and can then you're start like combining our recipes. You're like, hmm, I need a little something more. And then you make a chocolate cobbler. Bing, bang, boom. boom. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> I feel like the cake part though could have used brown sugar. Was it just uh, regular sugar? Yeah. 
Because hmm. yeah, my might... favorite parts are the parts that have the brown sugar. Right. Yeah, I mean, that might have... Uh... Hmm. If we bake this again, we'll have to try it with... We'll update y'all and let you know if, if yeah. adding brown sugar to the cake part uh, changes my mind on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, overall, very good. I, yeah. I would definitely recommend it. It's delicious. Speaking of like updates, I meant to say this last episode, but it was so chaotic, obviously. <laughs> I pronounce it cuisine art. How do you pronounce it? Cuisine art. My lovely coworker, we started having the debate as well. He also says uh, quiz and art. Um, he looked it up. It's like quiz and art. Huh. So we're both wrong. Yeah, we were both wrong. <laughs> I'm still going to go cuisine art. I mean, I was kind of close in the fact that it, it's not pronounced. Cuisine. Yeah. <laughs> cuisine. What, but, what do you say? I mean, I'm still wrong. <laughs> yeah. Qu- quiz and art. Yeah, imagine if someone said cuisine art. <laughs> cuisine art. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's going to wrap us up here today, unless you've yeah. got a pop quiz or anything for me. or I had like a couple definitions that I wanted to ask about. Okay, all right, all right. I didn't get pop rid qu- of the pop ones. quiz. Yeah, I didn't get rid of the ones I've already asked, but I know there was like a couple that, like, I know which ones I did. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Where was that weird one? Ah, what does it mean to, to macerate something? To macerate? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get that look off of your face. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I feel like it's in the same ballpark of masticate, like to chew. Um, so maybe to macerate is to uh, break something down or sort of break down and mix together. <laughs> Kind of, but not kind really. Of, You're not really, not really breaking it down per se. Uh, well, that's the best guess I'm going to give other than going very lewd. So I'm going to give up. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's, a, what's, a, what's a lewd answer? Uh, well, I mean, you might uh, beat it in a repetitive motion. Uh <laughs> 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 okay i'm gonna stop you there um to macerate something is uh it's the process of softening a food by soaking it in a liquid oh okay well yeah in, in another roundabout way i guess it's kind of vaguely similar to to masticate because part of when you're chewing food is you know you're also the saliva is breaking down mm-hmm. so that, that makes sense wow you're so smart but not smart enough to pass your pop quiz no I failed yes <laughs> Ooh, if one question pop quizzes are rough. <laughs> Just one hundred percent pass fail. <laughs> figured I'd save up the words, you know. <laughs> I'm one of those professors. Well, if uh, if you have terms that you want to quiz me on, send them in, and I'll try not to look at them. I'll only pass them along to Monty. Baking terms. Yeah, baking terms, not not just any terms. Yeah, like baking related, y'all. Please. <laughs> That's gonna wrap us up here today. Uh, any any other parting words before we head out? Don't do four shots of rum and then a cookie shot. That's what they called it. It was like a Bailey's and something else. Interesting. Don't do that all in one day. (laughs) Stay hydrated, y'all. Stay hydrated. (laughs) Please. If you enjoyed this episode uh, and want to support us further, you can head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. If you leave us a five-star review and tell us a funny kitchen story, we'll we'll read it on air. Mm -hmm. 
We're a little sad no one's taken us up on that offer yet, so please leave us a review. No, I'm about to do it. <laughs> uh, if, if you so want to support us even further, check out our Patreon. It's uh, patreon.com slash hotovintimemachine. Uh, we've got a few different tiers there. We, we won't dig into it too much, but we also have our first bonus episode coming out this month, so make sure not to miss that. Should we tease it? or Maybe we'll tease it once it comes out. Okay. Don't want to give too much away too soon. Yeah. Uh, make sure to follow our social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Facebook. That's all that we have. That's all we got. Is that all? Sweet of and simple. That's all you need. Is that all of the <laughs> social medias, I think? All the important ones. Yeah. It's uh, what everyone's on, the kids these days. Check you know? us out on MySpace. Uh... <laughs> oh, man. I'm trying to think of another old website. <laughs> Dig. <laughs> I'm too young. MySpace is the only one I know. <laughs> If you uh, enjoy listening to our recipes and want to give them a try yourself, uh, just head on over to our website under the recipes tab. You'll you'll find all of our recipes from all of our episodes there. Yeah, I would uh I would love it if you guys like made a recipe and like tagged us on something. That would make me so happy. Yeah, we'd love to see if y'all could uh recreate or even perfect what we've what we've provided. Yes, online, do do better know? than the master baker in training. <laughs> but I think that's gonna do it for us here today thanks for listening we'll catch you on the flip side yeah we love our master baker gang master baker gang hashtag master baker gang i'm making it a thing now (laughs) stay safe happy baking Bye. bye